Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast, a podcast where fans fuel talk about motorsport. It is episode 75, and if you were watching last week, these guys were a little bit confused and thought that that was the platinum anniversary. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know why they could think that, considering that just last week NASCAR uh, unveiled their diamond anniversary, 75th uh, anniversary logo. Um, and it has the NASCAR logo and colors in the shape of a diamond. I don't know how we couldn't, you guys couldn't put three and three together. Uh, Public education. Ah, uh, well, yeah, we are Americans. Um, but a little bit happened this weekend um, down at the Southern 500. Um, but we got a lot more stuff to talk about. Uh, so, Colton, let's get into some big news. I'll let you go first with uh, what you guys just sent me in uh, the group chat a little bit so, ago. Uh, hot news, hot off the press within, I don't know, probably an hour, maybe hour and a half ago. Um, it was broken, I believe, first by Jim Utter um, that NASCAR is going to move the all-star race to North Wilkesboro Speedway next year, 2023 taking it away from Texas Motor Speedway. Um, they thought that the late model race in there was good enough. They're not even going to repave the track. Um, they're just going to sell, I'd assume, about 25,000 tickets and call it good. Um, so so I'm, I'm fucking stoked. So if you have listened to us talk about the All-Star Race, if you listen to guys in the industry talk about the All-Star Race, basically everybody fucking hates Texas, right? Uh, and I believe Jeff Burton was one of the people that said, uh, I think we should just take this to a local short track, kind of like SRX does, sell out the venue, whether it's 10,000 or 30,000 seats, whatever, and uh, just call it a deal. Well, North Wilkesboro, I don't know what their capacity was, but like you said, it's probably going to be around 25,000 because they've yeah. got some condemned sections of the of the, the track. Um it sounds perfect to me. The only thing, and I question you guys, is why are they not repaving the track? Uh, well, it would have been done by by the time the All Star Race came back, anyways. I am wondering if that's going to be in the announcement tomorrow because there is a big official announcement in Raleigh tomorrow. Um, so I'm wondering if they're going to go over a long term plan then. Okay. Um, which would make sense to me. Let's get the hype around it. Let's get one race in while we can. Um, and then we'll kind of see how it moves going forward. Um, I think I think this is the first time NASCAR's ever made a really substantial schedule change just because the fans fucking wanted it. I think they made I mean you could argue the road courses. This is the first time that I've I think this is more like a rash decision, not really one that's that's been like planned. This I think they just literally just threw this together because of the That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, like I've never like we just tugged at their pant leg long enough. They were like, all right, fine, let's figure it out. Well, I think they did that with the tandem drafting. Um, but that's mm. just because yeah. NASCAR fans in the 2010s were dumb. Um, uh, side comment there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Um, maybe North Wilkesboro doesn't keep it. Maybe it's a one time thing. Maybe it rotates yeah. with some other tracks. That would be perfect, in my opinion. Um, uh, I know you already gotten an argument on Twitter within the last hour and a half. Uh, do you think that this is a good indication that we'll see Wilkesboro on the schedule for a points-paying race? Yes. 
Yeah, I absolutely do. You do. Um, this is, I mean, it's been a long time coming um, to get back to more short tracks. Um, it's kind of been building over the last, I don't know, better part of a decade. Um, and this is the perfect start. And not only do I think North Wilkesboro is going to be a pivotal piece in that whole movement to no, uh, more short tracks, I think it's going to become one of our biggest races in terms of um, viewership, attendance, um, even payout within the next 10, 15 years. Um, I think we add this to a list of crown jewels when it does get a regular season point stake. So I, my question is going to be funding and scheduling because they're going to, they, that, that's a decrepit old track that's been sitting there. I know they did a lot of work to get it bumped up. I know that the, I think they're getting like $3 million of that 15 million from the North Carolina government. Um, to, to rebuild uh, there, uh, some money to Charlotte Motor Speedway and some money to Rockingham. Um, I, what 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 I don't understand is where is it going to go on the schedule? So the funding part can be figured out tied into Denny's last stint on the Dale Jr. download. He said that the track owners take a huge amount of the pie and they're just not reinvesting it. Well, SMI is reinvesting it and they own that track. Right. So they're going to pay whatever they need to to get that track up. They have the funds at least for the next couple of years. Um, the schedule, I fully expect them to kick out um, either a road course race or a mile and a half track that from, already has dates. Uh, Richmond. Oh, Texas. Texas, right? Yeah. It's got two dates. One of them is being leased to Circuit of the Americas. I think I could see them knocking Circuit of the Americas off. The, off like, putting, yeah. putting Texas as a spring race. And putting Wilkesboro in the playoffs. Well, especially if we see where the whole development goes on Texas being reconfigured, because um, yeah. they have announced that too that they're going to put some work into it. Um, I yeah, mean, that's I think what, that, okay. I think so that SMI is like I have a love hate relationship with them because they seem to be putting most of the money back into the tracks, which is something that we argue uh, for a lot, but they made Atlanta and I'm assuming they're going to make Texas into a fucking super speedway too. So I'm assuming as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to make Atlanta, but wider, but they don't have room to do that because you have less radius in the corner. So I don't know how it's going to happen. No, they can build it out. Build it up. Well, with Atlanta, they didn't move anything except for the track. So, That's what I, I mean. Texas is kind of middle of nowhere. If they could do some, regardless, beside the point, I think this North Wilkesboro All Star rate is going to be the most anticipated race in NASCAR history. I think that it's going to bring back what the All Star race has been lacking for several years now. But seeing the All Star race on Bristol, even though it was a Wednesday night, has me feeling like it could be also a flop. Honestly. Um, they've got to they've got to have a good short track package yet next year for this to work because yeah. um, that's that's the biggest thing is it is a short track. Um, so uh, we'll I wouldn't mind a one mile oval honestly in the same layout as the mile and a half uh, down there at Texas as a side note. But anyways, um, another big news um, we'll get into. Um, We'll get into kind of whether or not this is needed later. Um, 
or why this happened, I should say. Uh, NASCAR is updating um, and allowing more changes to the car this weekend to prevent rubber buildup and potential fire hazards and fire spread. This is straight from Bob, and he posted a memo straight from NASCAR. Um, big word, intumescent coatings are optional now. Uh, I, I guess that's carbon fiber, um, uh, and they are permitted for the they are permitted for the other side of the lower crush panels inside the exhaust cover panels and the upper surface of the rocker box. These locations are below. Um, basically, it's right behind the wheel wells and uh, under the car, um, kind of where the exhaust comes out on each side. So. What I'm thinking is, okay, so this is a coating that goes over them to make them less um, flammable. Um, they're yeah. going to have a splitter seal box that is mandatory now. Um, it's going to go to the back of the front clip uh, and the top of the splitter, and it's going to reduce. Uh, it's basically a, a big dam that's going to reduce the migration of tire debris from the splitter, splitter area. Uh, this is what caked up on the floor uh, and caused fire um they're gonna trim the lower front section of the backstop panel um it's gonna be replaced by 14 gauge stainless steel uh over the carbon fiber and they're gonna have that to be one inch under the center line uh, so right around the fuselage with the new carbon cockpit, basically this part right here is going to be 14-inch stainless steel. Um, so that's that's in in regards to what happened uh, at Darlington. My question to you, Colton, is this happened at Richmond as well. Why did it take a second fire? Uh, because Harvick was pissed about it. That's okay. it, because he went on – because it's – Happened more than once, so that automatically raised some eyebrows. But then Harvick went on an MF NASCAR on national TV and got everyone riled up. So I can agree with that. But I I shared in our group chat that uh, playoff um, playoff driver, I guess pre-race stuff on Friday from the press release stuff. They were asking all the drivers about safety and stuff, and Harvick went on probably about an eight-minute rant. Mm -hmm. about how the cars aren't safe and um, he's getting more gases inside the cockpit. He's getting harder hits on himself from smaller stuff. Um, and he's basically called them out for straight up lying on the data. Uh, um, and then they also asked Kyle Bush the same question. And Kyle Bush was asked about the data being that these cars are hitting harder they're um, hitting it faster in different angles. And he, he went on and said, we, we've been racing for the, the old cars for three to four decades, and there's no way um, that we're having dissimilar um, stuff. So Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch are two of your biggest, I guess, they're the hardheads in, in yeah. NASCAR, right? Yeah. Um. Do you think we're actually going to see some change over the offseason for the safety of this car? 
Because, like, I agree with Kyle Busch. Like, these cars are slower. How are they hitting faster and at different angles? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I want to say yes just because I I do trust that NASCAR is going to do what's right. Um, and now that they have a long-term period, being it's only a couple months in the offseason um, to make changes to the car, I'd expect them to do something. Um, however, I'm not so certain that they will, or at least not enough. Um, I think it's going to take at least a couple years to fully solve these, um, if they ever fully solve them with this car. Um, things like how violent the hits are, um, that's going to take a lot of time to figure out and to re-engineer. Um, something like the gases, that can be solved in a month. That's no problem. Okay. Um, the fire issue, I believe, if it's not solved with this, could also be solved in the offseason in just a couple weeks to a month. Um, the impact hits are what I think the kind of center point is, is because we've all seen the Suarez footage um, of his in-car last week at Daytona. Um, so, and I mean, it's just going to take a long time to do that. And I think we're going to have to see a couple other safety issues come up first before we see that solved. I think there's gonna be something else down the road that we discover with this car. Um, and I think it's going to take a couple more guys getting hurt before NASCAR puts a nose to the grindstone and starts working on it. Um, see, I, that, what, the, okay, that, that, that's probably true, but that pisses me off. It um, does. I mean, but we've it's, we've got, exactly, got a sideline Kurt Busch. We've yep. got an almost sideline Denny Hamlin. Yep. Um, we've got everyone saying these hits are the hardest they've had in their career. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, not only that, but we've got visuals in front of the fans on these replays where you can see guys looking like they're getting the shit knocked out of them. Yeah. Or like Ricky Stenhouse from earlier this year, his head almost hit the fucking steering wheel in one yeah. of these crashes. Like, I, that's, not good um i don't know it seems to me that the rigidity of the car can be fixed i think what they're gonna have to do is is make the monocoque probably about six to eight inches deeper or thinner on each side and put those foam blocks back in and put a normal roll cage on the outside that's the only thing that i can come up uh they can get the uh less rigidity out of this car if they re-engineer the front and the back ends um, to kind of crumple a little bit more. I think that's where most of it lies. I don't think we need to... I mean, I do like the foam in the doors idea, um, but at the same time, I don't engineer race car chassis, so I don't know what goes into this. You may be, you know, dead on with that. Um, Well, it's just that's the one safety innovation that they had in the the COT that, that really helped that and the yeah. uh, taller uh, greenhouse, but we don't need a taller greenhouse in this car because they've got the better safety in right. the greenhouse now, which is what Logano said during the playoff uh, preview uh, on Thursday for all the media stuff. So uh, it seems to me like side impacts and front and back impacts are are the problem. So I'm sure we can near the front and rear cl- clips to move a little bit. Yeah, but that's, that's going to cost money, so it's going to take a know. long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. so I mean, they're at a catch twenty-two. I mean, realistically, all this stuff should have been going on. I mean, I don't want to say during the pandemic, suck it up, but really, it should have been going on during twenty twenty in the COVID era, um, because I feel yeah. like we've well, been a year behind for like two and a half years already. 
Um, so, yeah, um, we could have had some of this stuff happen, but also we wouldn't have known a lot of the stuff. Like like the, the heat, we wouldn't have known that that would have been an issue until we got multiple cars on track for a long time. So I think some of this stuff had to be raced out. But I think that in order to get to some of the issues with some of these things, well, the data the data looks good. Well, you're gonna have to actually crash these cars to figure it out, um, right? And, and that's the only thing that we haven't done, so we can't see that, you know, just that and the other. And as far as Drew's comment, the Xfinity car was the perfect balance, I think, because it doesn't tear up, it doesn't crunch with the carbon fiber bodies, but everything else under the car moves. So I think. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think the body panels are fine. Um, but yeah, I think what he's meaning by break up is more so the, the crunch and the and pieces need to fold and move out of the way. Um, but I mean, and who knows, like I said, I don't engineer race car chassis for a living. Um, so I don't know what would go into that, but I'm going to assume it's going to be, that's a lengthy process. Yeah, I I have no idea on that. <clears throat> Quick uh, note before we get into Southern 500 weekend, uh, the IndyCar season finale is this week, and we saw a bunch of guys get eliminated points-wise uh, at Portland, uh, including uh, wannabe F1 hopeful Alex Pillow. Um that now does definitely not have a seat at the table because Oscar Piastri got the seat at McLaren. So I don't know where Alex Pillow is going to be next year, uh, but I did want to go ahead and bring that up. Um, you think he's just going to be riding around in IndyCar, or is he going to be that test driver over there at McLaren? I don't see him going to McLaren. Just after all the stuff that's happened, I think it would be best for him to just let it air out for at least a few months to a year. Um, I think would really benefit him, especially in the spotlight that is F1. I mean, it's not even comparable to IndyCar, the amount of media so, he's going to see over there, even as a test driver. Yeah. So do you think that he will be in a Aero McLaren IndyCar? Mm, possibly. I think that's going to be the tell of where his F1 career goes. If we see him in, in a McLaren IndyCar this next year um, – I think that's a very good sign that we could see him over racing F1. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't follow IndyCar quite as close as you and they do, but I know a lot of the bullet points. Yeah, so I just don't understand, from my perspective, if I was thinking about this earlier today when I was driving back and forth from our old house trying to get that squared away. If I am Alex Pillow. Would I rather ride around 6th to 10th any given Sunday um, on in an F1 car for McLaren? Or would I rather be fighting for championships with Chip Ganassi? Why would I have even put myself through this? Not to mention the stress, not to mention, like you said, the media. All, all that comes with being a Formula 1 driver. He doesn't have any of that, and he's going to have a lot more fun 
doing what he's doing right now. I don't understand why he would have set himself up for that, being a championship IndyCar driver. Yeah. No, I'd agree. It's more fun winning races. Yeah. Um, and to that regard, um, apparently there's a rumor that Red Bull Racing wants Colton Herta. Uh, I saw that on Twitter today. Um, so how do you feel about that? Um, he's another one of those guys. He didn't really, um, in my opinion, spend enough time in the European circuit to be able to compete with those guys, even though I see that he has a massive talent. Um, and also, is he going to be competing for wins even if he's in the second or first tier team in the sport? Um, I think he's young enough and he has enough talent just as is that he could grab it and be competitive in F1. Um, I don't, I don't know if I want to see him over there though. A, because I, he's probably my main guy in IndyCar. I've followed him since he was 18. Um, just breaking into the series. So I've always really liked him, so I'd hate to lose him to F1. Um, and then also I see kind of how the F1 world, as far as the fans and shit have gone, um, how they've reacted to him possibly coming over. Um, and it's, I mean, they don't fucking like Americans. That's yeah, sure. Um, so I'm hesitant on that. But also, I know if he's going into a Red Bull car, even if it's a second Red Bull car, A, it would be a huge... Um, opportunity and a huge door opening for the kids that are American that are trying to get into F1, especially the popularity of it over here. Um, I think he would help knock down a couple barriers. Um, and he's still going to be my guy, so it'd be cool to see him racing around there. Yeah, I, Your dad doesn't think he's good enough to be in F1. I think he is, but I just... I, I Knowing the prestige, knowing all this, I just don't... For me, I don't consider Formula One to be worth it. Um, unless you know for a fact that you're going to be a number one driver at Mercedes, Red Bull, or Ferrari, you're not going to be fighting for wins very often. I mean, Checo's got one one or two wins. Uh, I mean, Vialtteri Botas had, what, three wins? Rubens Barrichello, when he was racing uh, against Michael Schumacher, had three, three wins. Um there's no point to me to go be a second driver uh, over there in F1 where I can be racing for championships and winning Indy 500s. Like, um, Alex Pillow has been close to winning Indy 500 two times. Uh, like, Pato Award, he's been there a couple times. He's been there for the championship a couple times. He's had his name thrown in the hat for going to F1. I get it. These guys are racing open-wheel cars, but they're in a spec car, and you're going to have more fun. I just, I think it's an ego trip to go to F1 from an American series. Fair. I just, there's no reason, in my opinion. Well, anyways, let's get back to the track that is my favorite, probably on the NASCAR calendar as far as speedways go. Uh, that's the Lady in Black always puts on a good show um and xfinity there is always um spectacular colton you've got a few choice words about the finish but prior to the finish was it a good race because the only thing that i saw was the finish. uh i i'm gonna be honest i didn't see much of it either we were at the racetrack ourselves actually 
Um, so I was just trying to watch the end of it while we were sitting there in between races. Um, I don't know, man. I just I feel bad for Sheldon Creed, not because he lost the race, but because of how he lost it. Um, a cup guy going in, you're trying to fight for your own playoff spot. Like he's not that far from the cutoff line. Um, Creed is, um, and you're about to have a win in the bag. You just passed the nine car a couple laps ago. Like, um, then this cup guy comes in and just doors you into the wall and takes both of you out. Now you don't win. I mean, that just, that's just a shitty move by Larson. In my opinion, like you're, if you're a cup guy going down there, like fight for wins, but try not to trash a car that's right in the middle of a playoff race. You know, and I get they got out and they had fun after, you know, and they were both grinning, hard racing, yada, yada. But, man, a little more situational awareness from Larson. I really didn't like to see that. Well, I mean, uh, we've talked about it on, on the show before. It's just kind of the culture now. No, um, and I agree. Um, the whole win at all costs thing, I just, ah, fuck. Yeah. I've gotten over it myself, um, trust me. But... I feel like it's no different than what Joey did earlier this spring up there. It kind of a shitty move, but under circumstances, understandable. Um, I do feel bad for Sheldon Creed, but also Martin Truex Jr. didn't make the playoffs, and we've got half the fan base saying that, oh, he didn't win a race. He had all 26 races, so blah, blah, blah. So um, just fucking get good, Sheldon Creed. Go fucking win a race, I guess. Um, that's he's about that's to until the goddamn cup champion comes down and wreck and well, fence him. You know, that's all like I'm that, saying. That's what gets me most is like I've gotten over the whole guys are gonna wreck each other to win, but like you're you're not even in the same division as this guy. Like, what can yeah. Larson get out of this other than a pat on the back from Dale Jr. Or Rick Hendrick? A very small slice, a, a, a large slice of a very small pie. Um, when we look at when we look at the prize money, is it really worth it? Uh, when you're really getting an eighth of what you would win in in the Cup Series, I don't know. Yeah. What are you um, getting? Yeah, winning the Xfinity race, twenty first place money maybe in the Cup race. Yeah, like I, um, it a just trophy? doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I a trophy know. that's going to go to the team that built the car. Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It it was entertaining, as they say. Um, that's about it. Um, yeah, and yeah, to Drew's point, like even Bell wasn't taking every run he had. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to know what's on the line for these guys. If this was Spring Darlington, it's a little bit more passable. Um, if you're you, if you're spotting your crew chief or smart enough to tell you, hey, don't do anything stupid, I think that would have helped. Because or just not doing anything stupid. Now, well, I mean, I don't trust that from Kyle Larson, right? Well, I don't either, but... He he is the most gung-ho kamikaze driver that there is. I mean, this dude has balls that are just... Yeah. To be fair, he's not he's not usually reckless, but I did feel like this was a little... Yeah, reckless. but he he's just fucking full sends it. That's that sprint car mentality. Um, oh, yeah. I mean... But maybe getting to stock car mentality here for a minute. Yeah, which, I mean, he usually he doesn't drive like that most of the time, but I don't know. It was Saturday night. made sense. Yeah, yeah he doesn't <laughs> That's drive That's what like I do that. on Saturday nights, right? Yeah, unless it's Fucking... teammates outside of him at Watkins Glen or outside yeah. of him at Fontana or. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, he's turned over a new leaf. 
Yeah, turned a couple of them. <laughs> um. So, with all that being said, let's get on to Sunday. I did not watch the first stage or the first half of the second stage because I was very busy at work. And so, I'm going to let you take the lead on the first half for us. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I was at a family barbecue <laughs> for Labor ah, So, man. I watched like the last 50-so laps. So... Um, we were going to have Keith Merrick on again tonight. Um, announcement coming soon. Wink, wink, nod, nod. I think y'all know what's going on. Um, he watched the whole race. And so, uh, he had something come up with work and being the one that was, was the guy that watched, yeah, the, watched whole race. the whole damn race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could have used him. Um, uh, so I will start off with one of his points. Um, and I'm going to call him out on this. Um, he, he said on Twitter um, that the Southern 500 has become one of his top three races um, that that we have on the, the schedule. Um, and I want to say, Keith, where you been, bud? This has been a crown jewel for I don't know how, how long. This un, uh, Until probably the mid-90s, this was the race to win, not the Daytona 500. Um, you listen to guys like Cale Yarbrough, he says that winning the Southern 500 in 1969? Seven. 67 was his favorite win. Um, uh, so, it's like, come on, guy. This is, this is the best race of the year, hands down. Um, tire wear uh, is always in and I think we always have uh, random costumes because of attrition, whether it's because of tire wear or because of an engine letting go. Yeah. Um, and cars we always have strategy. How is it not in your top three <laughs> since you've been a NASCAR fan? I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's been in my top three at least since they brought it back to Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in the twenty early 2010s. And like, it was late, a damn good race. Late yeah. 2000s, and they had that spring night race. It well, was still fair, good racing. To be fair, Keith probably had Daytona 500 and then Dover 1, Dover 2 for like 15 years. Probably. So now he's got maybe. Daytona 500, Dover, yeah. and then whatever other track is closest to him, like Pocono maybe. I don't know. Watkins. So, see, I don't – I love the prestige that comes with the Daytona 500. I love that Denny's won it three times, but it's not or never has been in my top three races. Uh, the only thing that it does is get me hyped for the season. Um, it's been – I will say that's why it's in my top three as of the last yeah. six years. Yeah, for me, it's Southern 500, um, Martinsville, uh, either race, and, and Atlanta, either race. Um now that Atlanta's gone, I don't know. Uh, I would I would put uh, the Brickyard there, but it's it's not there either. So I don't know. Bristol I guess the Bristol Night Race yeah. would be in my third place. Um, uh, shit! If they don't fix the damn next gen cars at Martinsville, Martinsville might drop off. But that used to be one of my favorite races. I remember the mid two thousands and the and the twenty tens. 
when Martinsville was absolutely crazy. I remember Brad Keselowski talking about how they used to come off the corner, spinning their tires three quarters of the way down the straightaway because they had so many horse, so much horsepower and so much tire fall and stuff. God, I miss those days. Anyways, um, Drew said they had like six hundred sets of tires. Which, to be fair, in the final stage, I did see a run not. where they ran like six or seven laps, and the caution came back out, and everyone pitted again. So interestingly enough, they they were t- using a bunch of tires that were scuffed. They only had thirteen sets. Huh. You go back. You go back to the the Carlington um, race uh, when when Carl Edwards came from a couple laps down to win the Southern Five Hundred in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. They had seventeen sets that night. Oh, interesting. So we're using less tires at Darlington now than we have in a, quite some time. So. Uh, yeah, we've got more than we have at any other track, but that's just because it's dark. Yeah. Uh, but we, we still have less tires than we used to. So that's really and then cool. Drew said both super speedways in Atlanta can eat his entire ass. You're going to add Texas to that too soon. Yeah, Drew, uh, let's let's be friends because uh, fuck super speedway racing. I like tandem racing. That's about it. I don't like tearing up cars. And for a sport that went to a whole next-gen platform, uh, to save teams money, wrecking them every fucking week at a uh, super speedway here in another couple of years is going to be fun. I heard Dale Jr. say, I don't remember if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, right after the Daytona race, that you know he doesn't like um, the super speedway racing now, obviously. Um, but he said, you know, we can change it pretty pretty easily and turn it into what it was in 99 and 2000 where no one was passing. And I thought... Fuck yeah. Give me that. I would rather take that over nine cars finishing the race. I just don't like it. <laughs> Why can't we just have like a safe it. enough car to go full speed, you know, where we've got fall off because we're going 200 and something mile an hour and we have to lift in the corners. Because um, guys are reckless. I, yeah, well, if we had... And we're going to send uh, one respect over drivers, the wall, yeah. Yeah, well, um, if we could do it, if we didn't have Joe Logano out there, we could do it. Uh, yeah. And these little minions, uh, Ross Chastain and the rest of the new guys coming up. Um, so Drew just said, random fact, did y'all see Carl um, help fly Nick Hoffman home from the hospital oh. today? No, I um, didn't. That's pretty cool. That, that is pretty cool. He's got his pilot's license, of course. Uh, he used to fly his crew. To and from the racetrack, he he's actually he, he does a lot of stuff. Um, I think he left because of CTE stuff. Uh, if we're being honest, with his wife being a neurosurgeon, um, but he is still around the sport, just in the background because he doesn't want to be in the foreground, and he does a lot of cool stuff for guys like that. Um, so shout out to him for just being a a good dude. Um. So we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about engines on fire or engines grenading? Uh, engines on fire sounds pretty cool. Okay. So we talked earlier about the Bob Pockris uh, stuff uh, posted yep. from NASCAR about limiting fires. Um, so we've seen uh, a couple weeks now with Richmond and Darlington, a car just catching on fire from from no. Um, from no um, 
really rhyme or reason as far as mechanical failures. And it happened again to a playoff driver this time in um, Kevin Harvick. And we've got this, the, I mean, we've got this screenshot here. Look at that. I mean, there's fire coming out. It looks like shit's going crazy. This is just rubber buildup. They burnt a perfectly good car down just because we had tire wear. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, I'm glad that they're addressing it, but what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, and to Kevin's point, he mentioned after the race um, that there was fire coming through the dash for about a lap before that. Oh, no. Like he knew something was on fire. There was fire coming through the dash, and only then did he decide either this needs to go out or I need to stop, and obviously it didn't go out. Um and then to top all that off, this car is burning down. Fire in the cockpit. Like, that's something we've heard. Um, especially we saw it with Chris, Chris Busher's fire in uh, Indianapolis. Fire in the cockpit. Um, but then NASCAR waits until he's sitting on the door rail of his burning car to call the caution. Like, you see this ball of flame going down the track for whatever it is, 1.3 miles. And there, Well, it wasn't his engine. I mean, he wasn't putting oil down. So what's the point, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just fuck it. Let him park right in front yeah. of the main grandstand so he can get out. Yeah, um, I hope that he, he's okay. Um, he said I mean, he, he's con- yeah. he's concerned with the fumes from fucking oil and gearboxes and shit, but I can't imagine inhaling rubber fumes because mm-hmm. like, that's got to be terrible. I, mean, I don't know how how. Um, well, then it starts, once it spreads, now you're burning electrical shit, you know, through the dash. Yeah. You're burning everything at that point. Yeah. I, I hope he's feeling okay long-wise, because that's, ugh. Yeah, very poor tower call. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what the these safety improvements do to it. I think it's going to help. If not nip it all the way out, it's going to mitigate it incredibly. I mean, um, congratulations, NASCAR. You fixed it. Most likely, but but it uh, shouldn't have been broken to begin with. I mean, right? How do we so, not? How do we not see something like this coming? Um, I think Kevin is rightfully pissed that he's basically no, yeah, absolutely. He's in the bottom four. He's not looking good. He was had he had a he had a solid top ten car, solid top five car rather. Um, he'd been sitting pretty in the points today. And this is NASCAR's um, this this car is NASCAR's baby. You can't blame the team for putting it together wrong, right? You can't say, "Oh, you know, we need to look at some stuff at the shop." No, you just got dealt a shitty car. Like, sorry, like, and that's I think that's yeah. the worst part, and that's why I think the drivers are so heated. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I just. I'm frustrated. I know Kevin's frustrated. Hopefully, hopefully this doesn't mean an early exit. I hope he continues to race. But I, after the last few weeks of just seeing him constantly complaining, I don't know how long we're going to see him in that four car. Um, I really don't. Um, that that that's just that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and well, and then in the playoffs early. too. Yeah. Yeah. In the playoffs. Um, to the point, not only do we have cars catch on fire, but engines will just time out randomly. Well, is it really just engines or is it JGR engines? 
Because I can That's tell fair. you that it was the 19, it was the 18, um, both while leading, I'm pretty sure, um, which is terrible. Um, if you're MTJ, doesn't really matter. What are you going to do? Not finish 17th in points. Right. He could really sit out the next nine races and still finish 17th in points. Um, yeah. Kyle here. Bush, this is not good because – Playoff race, obviously. This is not of NASCAR's fault. This is definitely a JGR issue. Um, it helps us as being more entertained because now we've got the four and the eight in the bottom four. But also, JGR can't be doing this in the playoffs. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking that Denny's going to either win the race or grenade his car too. So I'm glad he never got the lead uh, in that final run because I feel like that would have been the curse to – pop his engine christopher bell skates by as well um the 45 and 23 could have possibly had the same issue i was worried for all the toyotas out there um so that was that was scary as a jgr fan for me yeah um i mean and obviously big issues like this are never good especially in the playoffs but if they're gonna have it and they're gonna figure it out it better be week one um you know don't let it continue any more than this. Um, yeah, it can't. Um, I know we, we've got Kansas and, and um, Bristol next. So we know that yeah. that's, that's a Toyota hot spot in Kansas. That's a, that's a, that's a veteran Toyota driver in Kyle Bush and Denny Hamlin hot spot. We should be good. Um, Going on uh, into the next few rounds, obviously that can't happen because Denny's going to have a interesting round at um, at the Roval, uh, and then also Talladega. So they can't afford to have this keep happening um, in the round of twelve, and round of eight. Obviously not championship four, uh, but I doubt anybody that gets there is not going to have a cheated up car that's going to make it three hundred twelve miles. Right. Colton disappeared. So, um, all right, well, until he gets back, we'll figure out something to talk about. Um, the race was really long. Um, I did not see anybody complaining on Twitter. Uh, so let's go all the way back to spring Atlanta uh, when I got up on here and basically cussed out the fans for complaining about races being too long. Um, I said two things. I said, no, they're not. And if you think they are, we can cut 20 minutes out just by getting rid of stage cautions. Um, and two, you're only saying that in their games flag to flag. And I think that bodes through for Sunday night's race because I didn't see a damn complaint about that race being too long. 500 miles at Darlington is always as long, or if not longer, than the Coke 600. And nobody complained because that race was entertaining as fuck. So shut up with the we need shorter races shit. Um, we've got a car that's entertaining at pretty much every track now. As soon as we fix the short tracks, those will be entertaining again. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm tired of it. 
if, um, if you went there and you had another 400-mile event uh, on on Saturday night rather than the Southern 500, you don't have Eric Jones winning. So chill the fuck out. We only have six races that are 500 miles on the schedule. Deal with it. Fair. Um, I'm back. Sorry. I was almost to the point of peeing my pants. Okay. Because I did not go before we started. The show's more important. You should just pee. I should have. Yep. Bad Dobby. Um, so moving on to some more points. Um, hey, real quick. We discussed it a little bit more last week, too. Where the fuck is Kyle Busch going? I don't, I don't know. Because it changes you know, every I, hour. So with Couch Racer, um, I don't know. You know, this is Brett and Freddie. They teased that we should have had a uh, Kyle Busch's um, new contract signed and B, the 2023 schedule announced this week. What hmm. the fuck? Are they just fucking trolling us on the internet or what? Maybe. Because, like, I'm sitting here like, it's almost fucking Friday. We usually get news like like this today with the North Wilsboro stuff. We usually get that shit on Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe he'll wait mm-hmm. till Friday when everyone starts showing up the track. Um, I think, and see, I'm not even sold. So, everyone's saying, Drew says RCR. Um, your dad says Chevy is the biggest possibility. I'm not even sold on that. I think there's just as likely of a possibility he signs back with Joe Gibbs or goes to Denny's team. I, I okay. Right so now. Toyota wants him. Toyota wants him bad enough that I see mm-hmm. him not going away from Toyota. I think that the Joe Gibbs relationship might be broken. Hmm. So I could definitely see Denny fielding the 45 with him next year and potentially extending to a third car for Tyler Reddick. Um, I know he said that it's not beneficial for him to run a three-car team. So does that mean that we have four-car team 23XI, or does that mean a one-year, you know, racing uh, the 45 for Kyle Busch and then he moves on to a new spot? My personal feelings, just how everything's going right now, is he is going to be in the, the 45 race. The uh... – the the biggest the biggest piece of this whole puzzle is KBM. It's not Kyle Busch. Um, granted, we all want to know where Kyle Busch is going to race. Um, if Kyle switches his Cup affiliate to a Chevy from Toyota, he can't run Toyotas in uh, the Truck Series. Chevrolet won't let him do that. Toyota won't let him do that. Um, that's the biggest piece here, and it's going to be who's willing to foot the bill for the truck team. I think Toyota, that's kind of why I'm leaning more towards Toyota, is because I know they will. Um, yeah. Well, it's not Ford. We know that. Um, it's not Ford, and then Ford, Toyota is dominated. Ford said that they're not going to do that. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, um, and I don't see him wanting to pull his effort into the Xfinity series. So that'd be the only way Ford could do it. Um, and I don't see coming back. Yeah, I don't see Chevrolet taking over that truck contract. Um, all I've heard is colleague and RCR. Um Unless Austin Dillon just flat out retires, I don't see him going to RCR. Um, Khaled, I don't think it's worth it. I, I said that a couple weeks ago. I don't think it's worth it for him. Um, yeah, they're trophy hunters, but 
do they have do they have the resources to trophy hunt for that big one at the end of the year? No. I've even heard as much as he could get part ownership in college. Woo. You know? What do you mean woo? That's exactly what Brad Keselowski's doing. Yeah, but you're you telling me you'd rather Brad Keselowski's finishing. If I'm Kyle Bush, I don't give a fuck. I'm rather I Kyle Bush is he wants trophies. That's all he goes out there any given Sunday to do. If he can't do that on a weekly basis with college, fuck the ownership role. Mm, well, maybe. I don't know. I I don't have a good guess here. I think pick one out of a hat. That's yeah. I don't have. Uh, last week I would have definitely leaned towards college, um, but now I don't. I got no fucking clue. He stays at Toyota next year. He doesn't run cup. He runs for a championship in in the trucks. Dylan stays. Tyler's let to go to the 45 because Pop Pop is a baby and Kyle to the 8. Pop Pop being Richard Childress. I think if he goes to Richard Childress racing with what he said in the playoff press, he's probably going to be running the 29. Yeah. Um, I've so, heard that as well. I, I mean, that that would be that would be that would be good, but again, they don't fucking have winning equipment. So, um, I just want to unless, unless he goes over there and like just totally wrecks the culture of RCR and puts Richard Childress in his place. Yeah, they're not going to be a championship winning team. Um, Tyler Reddick is carrying that place. Met uh, Richard Childress in Atlanta when we were down in the garage area. I don't know mm-hmm. if you were standing around close or not, but I got a picture with him. And I asked him, hey, to be fair, he was working, right? Um, I said, hey, Richard, can I get a picture with you? He says, yeah, sure. And I go in to, like, put my arm around him and get a quick picture with him. And he, like, with his right arm, grabbed my left shoulder and, like, pushed me away as I tried to get a picture with him. So if Richard Childers ever listens to this, that's your fucking legacy to me. Yeah. You push me well, away when I try to get a picture. He seems like a dick, honestly. I mean, like I don't know, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. He's but a when you own Dale Earnhardt's race car, to be fair, I'd be walking around stomping my boots too. Yeah, but like I mean, he whines like a little bitch that Tyler Reddick is leaving, but he didn't fucking sign him. Like I don't know. I lost a lot of respect for him. Does KBM uh, by RWR and become a Stuart Haas satellite team? No, that shit would be out of left field, and I doubt that it would happen. Um. <laughs> Because I think Rick Ware is happily content collecting his paychecks every week, mm-hmm. um, waiting for that charter price to go back up for him to cash out. And I don't think it's high enough yet. Um, I don't know. That That is a good point. Um, does KBM go cup racing anytime soon? I doubt it, but. I don't think we see any new teams in the next three years um, until we get this new TV contract. Yeah. Yeah, he That's- said that for sure, yeah. Yeah, Rick isn't gonna sell now. He's gonna he's gonna get every single paycheck he can first. So um let's look at playoff implications from Darwin. Um obviously, um well we didn't really mention it. Um we didn't have a playoff driver win. So um let's go over what it means to the sport to have Eric Jones winning uh, at Darlington. Um, and I guess uh, I'll go more for Eric himself if you want to talk about the significance of the sport. So 
for me, Eric Jones winning at this racetrack is a no-brainer. Um, he's always a dark horse at these kind of tracks for me because he's he's a, he's a talented driver. He just got kicked to boot, um, just like they always do uh, over there at JZR from whoever's driving that twenty car um, since since Tony left. Um, this he said in his post-race interview, this win. Uh, gave him a second chance, uh, or saved his saved his um, saved his job at uh, JGR when he won it uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so this one kind of revitalizes his, his career. I think that that's an understatement, and I think he doesn't give himself enough credit. What this does to me, as someone who's been following Eric Jones for this amount of time, is this gives him validation for the work that he's done for the shitty program that was RPM that he took over. Um, he did what Eric Almarola and Bubba Wallace could not do, and that was elevate the program. So this, to me, validates just how good of a driver Eric Jones is. Yeah, absolutely. I think the new car has a lot to do with the parity that we've seen from him. Um, but he's a he's a hell of a wheelman. I've always been a fan of him. Um as far as the sport, I don't know that his win means an absolute ton to the sport. Maybe just as far as like the drivers go, some a little bit of a, a redemption um, throughout the garage. Um, I think this is massively impactful for Petty GMS, which could further impact the sport. Um, with the GMS partnership this last year, um, obviously Ty isn't doing anything at all. Um, so to bring in now Noah next year, this is a great shift in momentum for this program. Um, we're going to see, I mean, Eric has a couple really good tracks coming up again to, um, Bristol. He's always fast at Bristol, um, super speedway race. Anything can happen there. And he's shown a lot of improvement on the mile and a half as far as that program is concerned. Um, I think this could be the revitalizing win towards Petty GMS. I don't think we're going to see him be championship contenders, but they might sniff out a win every season or every other season for the next couple years. Yeah, um, I don't know how the parity goes um, next year and forward with the next-gen car. I feel like the cream rising to the top or whatever um, is going to happen. I don't think we're going to have as much parity going forward. But with this team turning around like this, I do think that having Noah and him over there will be something that could be a threat to have a couple more um, dark horse playoff drivers. Um because he could have won three or four races this year already. Mm-hmm. Um, and Noah is not a slacker when it comes to racing cars. So get him a couple of 500-mile races in early in the season, I think he's going to be set to, to do something like this. Maybe come playoff time next year, I don't think he gets in the playoffs, but I do think that this this team could be a multi, multi-win multi team next year. Yeah. So I think it's good um, – we see the 43 back in victory lane anytime, no matter who it's who it is. John Andretti, uh, Eric Amarola, whatever. Um, but I just think that this is further proof that the next gen car is doing its job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we both both touched on it. I think once the teams get a hold of this in the off season. Have a little more more time to prep. I think a lot of that parity goes away. But it's a great car. I don't think we're going to see it fall off to what it was in, like, the Gen 6 or the COT era as far as equipment. 
Um, yeah, huge shot in the arm for this team. Massive. Not only to get a win, but to do it in the Southern 500 at Darlington, one of, if not the toughest race of the year. Yeah, and it's the uh, 17th winner this season. Um, mm-hmm. Ties the record through 20 or 27 races now. Right, and we've got nine to nine go. races left. We've got Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr. That can make it 19. Uh, Bubba, Bubba could win Talladega. That's 20. Uh, and if we get a 20, we break the record for our 36 race season. Yeah. And I think we're on track to do it. Um, so they had, they had 19 in 2001 uh, yep. and 18 uh, sometime earlier than that. But, yeah, I think great race, great win for the sport. Uh, but on the, some playoff implications, um, obviously we talked about the 18. Obviously we talked about the, the, the four. Um, but – I guess let's talk about some of the other guys that we were surprised from. Uh, being a Daniel Suarez fan, I was surprised that he did as well as he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but funnily enough, he did he did the most Denny Hamlin thing ever, who is my favorite driver, and uh, kind of screwed himself with speeding in the pits. Yep. Yeah, Suarez was doing good. Um, to be honest, I thought Chastain was going to make a lot more noise in this race than he ended up doing. Um, granted, he didn't have a bad run by any means. Um, I just expected him to be more upfront fighting for the win at the end. Yeah. Well, he had the mechanical failures and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, Logano is now leading points, took over the lead from Chase Elliott. Yeah. Um, well, Chase, Chase was another guy that got into. Right. Yeah. He had stuff. that incident with uh, the other chase actually. Briscoe. <clears throat> um, so we all thought that Harvick was a shoe-in in 2020 with his 58 points. Right. Chase has 45 points. He's already uh, close to getting near the cutoff line. Um, if he has a bad couple races these next two weeks, he could be out in the first round. How does that make you feel? Uh, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Well, fuck you, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Chase supporter. Keith would probably fight me. Um. I, it is what it is. After the Harvick deal in 2020, I don't put a ton of emotion into the playoffs. I just, it is what it is. Yeah, it's entertainment for entertainment's sake. Um, it's not legitimate. Um, I think Chase has been uh, the second best car since the mid-season break. So, I could even see him losing a full-season points battle at this point mm-hmm. um, with Logano. Um, with Chastain, uh, if Chastain ever shows back up, he's had a shitty couple weeks with Blaney if Blaney gets hot. Um, but let's talk about some guys that weren't on your radar and then some guys that underperformed. Um, let me go back to the standings here because I had it pulled up. Underperformed, definitely Austin Dillon. I came on here and I was – on here and on Twitter all last week, I was saying, man, Austin Dillon's going to make it out of this round. He's going to the round of 12. E, really shit the bed on that one for me, Austin. Um, so, damn it, he doesn't let me down. Um, actually, guys that I performed a lot better than I thought they would, Alex Bowman. Um, I figured he would solidly be in the mid-20s by the end of the race. Um, but he actually had a halfway decent run. Um, he's got a decent gap to him from the bottom now. Um, yeah. I think he's pretty – I don't want to say – His, his teammates, though. But he's – I mean, yeah. 
Larson um, and um, Larson and and Byron really. I thought Darlington was a good track for both of those guys, and they just did not have. They had very mediocre days. Yeah, um, I mean, and Byron didn't have a terrible run. He's still. I mean, I think he's second in the standings right now. Um, so he kind of held his spot. Um, but yeah, Larson had a really rough day. Um, this was kind of an odd week for playoff drivers. Yeah, it was a very odd is 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 a good word. It they did what the playoffs wanted to do, I guess. Uh, because you had ups and downs from drivers. Um I think come Bristol night race, we're gonna have a really interesting race. Uh I don't know if it's gonna be race nearly as hard as usual just because of the point situation. I will say though, one of the guys that um and Keith mentioned it is Christopher Bell is he's hot. He's 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 there. He's yeah. He's very quietly there. Yes. Yeah. He's been having great runs um, the last several weeks, um, and really all year he's kind of um, been sneaking by, nabbing top tens. Um, he is. I predicted that he would go into the round of eight. He might even sneak a championship four in there. Honestly, like he might be a really good sleeper pick for the final four. He's just, he's just there, man. Like, like you just like, you look in, you look in the back of the the shot most of the night last night, or not last night, but Sunday night, and you see that purple twenty car just, just there. Yep, just hanging out. Yeah, he's the whole time. not, he's uh, not flashy. He's not making any enemies. He's not making any any spectacular moves. He's just there, and that wins you champion. Even though we're in this parody field, drama field, bullshit of the playoffs, this is something that could be a Matt Kenseth style um, 2003 championship where mm-hmm. he's just he's just there all year. Only had one win. That's all he needed, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, Drew says that his pit crew was nailing sub 10 second stops all night. Well, that doesn't. Uh, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I was watching the race, but I was also at my job, so I had to actually do my job too. So it was just yeah. kind of background noise for me. Um, I think that's the guy that that you're gonna have to beat that you don't think about come come the round of eight. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one to watch. Um, so with all that being said, I guess we are pretty much done with Southern 500. Um, anything you want to talk about Kansas-wise? I I don't know what to expect from Kansas. The spring race was damn good. Um, obviously, I think the Toyota is going to be fast again. Um, but as far as like grip levels and stuff, I I don't know. We'll see how the track differs from the spring. Um, I think Bubba's got a damn good shot at winning this race. I think that um bell has a damn good shot at winning this race hamlin truex um kfb maybe we'll see what the drama the announcement does for him my ideal situation is the 23 crew doesn't fuck up and we see the 45 in victory lane yeah that would be a good one Um, uh, bold prediction ty gibbs top 10 uh that's not bold prediction toyota's best track this year has been kansas They've been phenomenal on speedways. 
Um, there's no way that he doesn't get a top ten. If he if he doesn't get a top ten, uh, there's something wrong. I'm not gonna make bets because I don't do that because I don't I don't want to. But, uh, if he doesn't get a top ten or something. So what are you saying? Six the only the only, the only Toyota that's not gonna be in a top ten is the one that has the Toyota pit crew twelves, and my luck's gonna be the fucking. Owner. So, Your dad said the I don't think Reddick's going to get it done. Yeah, Reddick can run the high side, but that's a Toyota track. Sorry. <laughs> um, MTJ winning, I want to happen as well. Um, I don't think that it's a Kansas thing. I don't think. Um, I don't think we see him win until later on in the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking the roll for him. Good pick. And if and if he does it right, he'll dump the fucking nine to to do it. Hell yeah. And then I might like him again. <laughs> so anybody for Kansas from you? Concrete for the winner? Oh, for the pick? Hmm. Yeah. Um I'm going to throw a wild card out there and say Alex Bowman. Interesting. I don't say, think that's going to be it. Uh, Keith has the 11 of Denny Hamlin. I'm going to assume that it's going to be MTJ for, um, for Nate. Um, yeah. But um, I guess that's pretty much it. Watch the IndyCar Championship this um No, this, I have not uh, watched it. This weekend. Um, if you're wondering what Jared's been up to, uh, well, he gets off later than we get started, but also he has his own show going and that's the JD graphics download. Uh, if you want to see what he's been up to, he is also doing, uh, photography for, um, high school sports in Pennsylvania. He talks all about that on his show, the JD graphics download. That'll be on sometimes shortly after we get off, so we're going to shout him out on that. Um, also, uh, come and see us next week. Colton's got an announcement for next week, and it's probably going to be him, Nate, and... Well, Keith, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no, Keith's not going to uh, be on again until the 21st. Keith won't be on, yeah. Um, however, next week, um, I am slotting in. I just talked to him today. Yeah, Jordan Smith. Uh, he is... Um, my buddy Brandon is really good friends with Jordan, um, and his brother Jacob, they run modifieds down at Colorado national speedway, just South of me. Um, so it's going to be cool to have him on. He also is a co-host with his brother, Jacob and my friend, Brandon, um, of another podcast that they do. They highlight a lot of that local racing in Colorado, um, called scrub and tires. And they do touch on NASCAR as well. Um, check them out on Facebook. So yeah, Jordan Smith next week. Driver, the modified number, I think he's 99. I don't remember. All right. Well, you're going to have to do a little bit of research on him, get a good interview in. Uh, and anybody who wants to know about uh, racing in the Colorado area, go check out Scrubbing Tires Podcast. If you want to participate in next week's interview, be sure to chime in on Facebook or YouTube with your comments. Um, that way we can get them from Colton to uh, – the show and we'll get all that stuff answered. 
Uh, what's it like to drop a modified? You know, all that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll ask it if you want it to be asked. Um, Colton will have his his stuff already ready. They will talk about Kansas. They will preview the Bristol night race, and then you'll see me the following week when we get to talk about uh, the round of 12 and what happened during the Bristol night race. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so other than that, go ahead, check out the website, fanfuelmarksworth.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, fanfuelmsm, capital F, capital F, capital MSM. Um, and, you know, Join the Discord. Hell yeah. Got, we, we've, got, we've got a Discord. Uh, it's been very light. Uh, nobody's nobody's been in there, but it's Fan Fuel Pit Box. Go ahead and uh, get on there. You can see it scrolling just under us right now. Discord.gg slash M2K capital Y FM capital D B capital MF. Come join the talk with us on there. We're going to uh, take some suggestions for subject shows, which we'll be getting back into here shortly. As the season winds down, we have nothing to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about uh, with our standard stuff like what ifs and stuff, driver spotlights, that, stuff like that. So, And if you want to hop on the show to be a fan spotlight, uh, you can uh, you can suggest yourself on there as well. Uh, we won't, we won't uh, argue about that. Um, other than that, we'll see you next week. All right.